And to Jesus be the praise and all the glory. And God's people said, Amen. Today, a very powerful teaching. How to overcome religious spirits. So important to know what the Bible has to say about this matter. Thank you for being with me today. I pray the Lord would use this to really bless you and speak to your heart and also bring liberty to you if you're struggling with someone that has a religious spirit. Let's pray. Wonderful Lord, thank you for your word and your promises. I pray, bless the Lord today, that you'll bring joy and peace into the hearts of your people and freedom, Lord, freedom from anyone, Lord, that has a religious spirit that we would know and discern it and protect ourselves from it in Jesus' wonderful name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. I think we've, we've all dealt with people that have religious spirits. I did back in the 70s and even many years after that as a pastor and in the ministry, we have all, I think, dealt with it. But let's look at, uh, at the scriptures. In 2 Timothy, Paul actually talks about this. He says in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, verse 1, he said, This know also. In the last days, perilous times will come. We're in them. <laughs> and then it talks about individuals that will show up that have a form of godliness. In verse 5, it says, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. And look at also verse 7, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Many people worship doctrine. They don't worship the Lord. They worship doctrine. It says they're ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Or you look at verse 8, as James and Jambres withstood Moses, these were magicians in Egypt, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobates concerning faith, or disapproved here is the Greek word, concerning the faith. Well, all right, we're, we're seeing it in, in our time here. And in verse 13, it actually calls them evil men. It says, uh, and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, this, uh, and I think it's an evil spirit, of course, and this evil spirit has probably done more damage to the church uh, than probably any. Uh, in Matthew 16, the Lord said something really powerful, and I think this is why, this is why it's so dangerous, because it's like yeast, it's like leaven, the Lord said. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 5, the Lord says, he says this, he says, uh, when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So the Lord here warned us all about this leaven. Why? Well, because it doesn't add to substance or nutrition. It, it has nothing nutritional in it. It simply, there's no value in it. It only inflates. It inflates, and once it is in, 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 
like when you cook bread, once it's in there, it's impossible to remove it. And so yeast, what it does, it simply inflates. It doesn't add nutrition. It doesn't add substance. When you cook bread, I, we did that all the time when I was a kid, and my mom would put the yeast with it, and people still do today and have from here, and you know, every so often we all still cook bread. But you put that yeast in, all it does, it inflates. It doesn't add nutrition. It doesn't add substance. There's no value in it except it inflates. Once it's in the bread, you can't remove it. And that's what a religious spirit is like. Uh, and, and sadly, when, in, when in, it gets into a church and, and begins to uh, uh, work in the, in the church, it, it, it becomes uh, a force that has no substance, no value of nutrition, no, it doesn't help us, it doesn't add to our life except it inflates itself, you see? So this same spirit is connected in James, and I'm sure you've dealt with this, but we want to be free from this, don't we? That's why I'm teaching how this, how to overcome this spirit, this religious spirit in people's lives. Uh, James 4, verse 6, because that, that spirit is legalistic and no grace you know, is in it. Uh, in James 4, 6, uh, James writes, But God gives more grace. He giveth more grace. Wherefore, he says that God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. So just like the Lord Jesus fought that spirit in the Pharisees, you and I today are fighting it all over again. And... Uh, in Romans, I feel that someone here really needs to uh, be free from that terrible religious spirit that has come around you, by the way. I'm going to pray at the end that God will set you free from individuals with a religious controlling spirit, which is demonic, okay? In Romans chapter 10, verse 2, well, let's just go verse 1 and on. He's talking about, talking about Israel. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Very important. And I'll mention that. I'll just talk about this in a second. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Wow, that's very important, isn't it? So these people, um, they don't understand the mercy of God. They don't understand that uh, you and I have to grow and develop and mature they condemn us for things we said 20 years ago or 30 years ago because they will not allow us to grow and mature. They can't forgive. They don't understand forgiveness. Anyone with a religious spirit cannot forgive. They condemn you. They never forgive you. And I'm talking to somebody here who's been going through that. And, and they will persecute you you that know the Lord, uh, like Paul the, the Apostle persecuted the, the, 
church till the Lord met him on the road to Damascus. And, uh, you know, it's really amazing. The Lord had no troubles with devils. He had troubles with the Pharisees, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> demons did not really oppose him. They, they bowed to him. Think about that. Demons recognized he was the son of God and, and, and bowed to, to the Lord. And uh, when he spoke, they were cast out, you know. But the ones that opposed him were the, were the religious people, the Pharisees. Think, think about what I just said. Demons bowed to him. Religious people opposed him. And today we're facing the same thing. They oppose us. They fight us. They accuse us. They uh, are difficult to deal with. Uh, they, they have knowledge, but not the knowledge of the Lord himself. And, uh, and they, 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 act, they act with great spirituality, but have none of it. They act as though they're spiritual, but they're not spiritual. They are religious, religious. There's a big difference between spiritual people and religious people. Eh? Spiritual people have the Holy Spirit. Spiritual people. People of the Spirit. People of the Spirit are loving. They're kind. They're not controlling. They easily forgive. And they understand that you have to grow and mature so they don't condemn you for things you've said a long time ago. I dealt with a guy years ago who used to, to attack me on radio. So one day I decided to meet with him. And I met with him several times. And he was vicious when I wrote, Good morning, Holy Spirit. That man attacked me all the time on radio, every day almost. So I went to have dinner with him, and then we had lunch again, and we had not more dinners, and we just kept meeting. And one day he brought his wife, and he kept telling me how amazing it is that I would meet with him. I was just trying to explain to him I'm not the person that he believes I am. I wanted him to know my, my, my heart. So... And he would always say to me, well, but you said such and such. I said, yes, but I don't believe that anymore. I said that 20 years ago. But I said it when I was young. He said, but you said it. I said, don't you allow us to grow? Don't you allow us to change and mature in Jesus? I said, have you not ever used an eraser on a pencil? I said, we all make, make mistakes and say things we shouldn't say. But we grow out of it. So one day... He brought his wife, and they had just had a baby. And uh, she ordered, the wife ordered some tea, and the teacup, which was hot, almost fell on the baby, and I grabbed the baby away from her, and the hot water fell on her dress, and she, of course, went into the bathroom and so on to dry up, and I'm holding his baby uh, to save the baby from the hot water, and he looks at me and says, you're not evil after all. I said, what would make you think I'm evil? So now his wife comes back and she says, stop attacking Benny on radio. Because she saw that I helped with the baby. And, and that was the first time she and I met. I had met with him several times. He just wouldn't change. He kept thinking I'm some kind of a heretic, whatever. And he just would not give me the chance to say, hey, listen, I said things years ago that I no, I no longer believe. Why are you attacking me for stuff I said 20 years ago? When I'm telling you now, I, I don't believe that stuff. I was young. I didn't know the Bible like I know today. And he, he, would keep, he kept saying, but you said it. I said, okay, well, fine, but don't you forgive. 
don't, don't you let us grow. And his wife, one meeting, and now we, we you know, became friends, and his wife says, you know what, you need to leave Benny alone. He said, fine, and he agreed, and he said he wouldn't do it again on radio. Days later, I'm listening to the radio, and there he goes again, attacking me. So I called him. I said, you promised your wife and me you wouldn't be doing this. Well, he says, if I stop attacking you, my donors would, would stop uh, you know, donating to his ministry. I said, say that again. He said, if I stop attacking him, if I stop attacking you, my donations would go down. And I said, so you're doing it for the money. And that's a fact, people. They attack you because they gain money or they are gaining something for attacking you. So I'm telling you, I dealt with it. And some of you are dealing with it today. Religious spirits are not spiritual people. They're just religious. They know the Bible. They don't know the Lord of the Bible, okay? They know they have knowledge, but they don't have the knowledge of the Lord. And so the Bible talks about them. Uh, they are bound to work and legalism. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 13, Paul talks about them again. He says, these are false apostles, deceitful workers, and they call us false, whatever. It says, they transform themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, because even Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. In Colossians, but you know, the thing, the thing you look for is they push you. They want to control you. I've said this many times. Jesus leads and Satan pushes. They want to control you. They want to tell you how to live your Christian life. And they are very, uh, how shall I, hard. I'll give you a list of how to discern them in just a second. But it says here in verse 18 of Colossians 2, let no man beguile you. That word beguile means defraud you of your reward in a voluntary or by delighting in your false humility in a voluntary or sorry, by delighting in false humility. So they, they have false humility, which is here called voluntary humility. And worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. That's what they are, vainly puffed up by the fleshly mind. And, and so Paul is, is, is going here in Colossians 2, talking about people like that and how dangerous they are if you allow them to control you. And... Uh, in verse uh, 6 of Colossians 2, he said, uh, As you have received Christ Jesus, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving, beware lest any man spoil you, lest any man plunder you, or take you captive through philosophy and vain deceit. Did you hear that? So he says, you know what? Receive the Lord, walk in the Lord, be rooted and built up in him, be established in the faith. And then he says, but be careful of those who will spoil you, of those who will come to spoil what God has done in your life uh, through philosophy and vain deceit, meaning empty words, vain deceit, after the traditions of men. Wow. So they come to, to uh, plunder and take you captive. That's what the word spoil, by the way, means through philosophy and vain deceit. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, the world rudiments 
here in the, it means uh, principles of the world, not after Christ. Wow. You know why I say, wow? Because <laughs> I've dealt with them. Okay? They delight in your self-abasement. They worship anything except the Lord. Uh, they take an improper stand uh, when, they, when, when they see your growth and, uh, and so on. And, and the Bible says something amazing too. Paul the Apostle t- tells us that it's important to grow. You know, uh, when, when Peter, uh, do you remember in, the, in Matthew? when after he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, and the Lord said, I give you the, the keys of the kingdom. And then when Jesus talked about going to the cross, Peter said, no, you're not going. And the Lord called him Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan. But the Lord gave him the, the, the opportunity to grow and develop. And that's why Jesus did not uh, take the you know keys back from him. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. The next thing you know is, Peter says, you're not going to the cross. Jesus called him Satan, but he never took away the keys of the kingdom from him. He never dismissed him from his position. He gave him time to grow. Even when when Peter denied him, he gave him time to grow and repent and develop. These people don't give you time to repent. They just will not give you time to repent. And when they tell you to repent, it's not the true repentance of the Bible that they really want to see in you. They want to control you. They, they want to control you. They, they want you to submit to the way they are. That's just it. Control. That's all it is. So when they, when they say to you, repent, what they're really saying is, let me control your life. Bow to my uh, whatever. Bow to the things I want you to do. So it's, it's, it's very dangerous. Okay. So here are signs of religious people, religious spirit. They find fault, just write these down. They find fault with others, never with themselves. That's number one. The first sign you look for is they never find fault in themselves. They never talk about their problems. They talk about your problems. That's number one. Number two, they tear down, they tear down what they believe is wrong with others, and they never build them up. They tear down what they believe is wrong with other people, but they never build people up again. So, number one, they find fault with you, but not themselves. Number two, they'll tear you down, uh, and but they'll never build you up, okay? And number three, they're unable to receive correction. If you try to correct them, they're unable to receive it. Number four, wow. They will tell you uh, to listen to men, not to God. They will tell you to listen to themselves or men. They never tell you to listen to the Lord. So a person with a religious spirit, number one, will find fault with you but not themselves. Number two, they'll tear you down but not build you up You know, after they tear you down. Number three, they're, they, they're unable to receive correction. And number four, they never to... They really never tell you to listen to the Lord. They tell you to listen to others. They'll say, well, you've got to read this guy's book. You have to read this and that or listen to them, but never to the Lord. Um, they also believe, number five, they believe that God has appointed them 
to fix everything with wrong, uh, that's wrong with people. They really believe that they, they are the ones who will fix people who are wrong. Well, that's not in the Bible. Number six, they're intolerant of weaknesses and failures in others. And yet the Bible says, bear one another's burdens. But these people have no patience with your weakness. They will not tolerate weakness and failures in other people. And they never talk about their own weaknesses and problems. Okay? And they're always, number seven, they're always wanting recognition. They want to be noticed. These are signs uh, of people who are religious. I hope you're writing all this down. Okay, number eight, suspicious of any new move of the Holy Spirit. They're bound to the past. People who are religious are always questioning something God is doing that they don't believe it's God. So they, they go back to years ago, well, God did it that way, but this is not, not the Lord because now it's new, it's different. But the Lord we serve is the God who does new things. Yet you have to go, of course, I believe that, that it must line up with Scripture based on the Bible. Yes, I agree with that one million percent. But they're suspicious of any new move of God in your, in your heart and life. And number nine, they glory in the past. They glory in the past. They don't glory in what God does today. They're always talking about what they what happened in history or the past. When I was attacked, and and when uh, uh, I met with more than one time with that what one man and others like him, they always talked about the past, never about what God is doing today. And finally, they will not join anything outside themselves. Do you remember Diatrophus? in the epistle of John, uh, John talked about Diotrephus, who was attacking the apostle John publicly and attacking the church and forbidding people from fellowshipping with other believers. So it's in the Bible. That man, Diotrephus, the Bible says, John says he's prating against us with malicious words. So people that are religious are always attacking other people publicly by name, by name. And they will not allow people <coughs> to fellowship with other believers. I went to a church years ago and uh, when I was just young. And at the time when I went to see Catholic Woman, I, I came back to the church and the pastor's wife rebuked me for going to see Catherine Kuhlman because I was so thrilled with what I saw with Ms. Kuhlman's ministry and the pastor's wife says to me, why did you go to Pittsburgh? We have everything here. And then she forbade me. Think about it. She rebuked me for going to see Miss Kuman and forbade me to go back again, saying that they have it all there. And I said, no, you don't. But, you know, I was learning in those days, people, you know, that are religious will try to control you and will try to actually uh, uh, forbid you, or they will forbid you, I should say, of fellowshipping with other believers and going to other meetings. And you have to only come to their church 
only listen to them, no one else, and they don't realize that God has given us apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for building us up in the Holy Spirit. And they can't be all five to us. The Bible is clear on that. We need each other in the body of Christ. We need different voices because nobody has all the truth. Nobody has all the truth. They, each person has a portion of the, of the truth and there's someone else that has another side of the, of the we need all of them. We, we need the entire body of Christ to learn and grow. So when someone says to you, you can't go anywhere else except just here, that's a religious spirit. Lord, in Jesus' name, come on, let's, let's believe. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, set them free. Set that one free, Lord, I'm talking to, that is bound to someone with a religious spirit. Set them free, Lord, from these people or that individual, Lord, that's trying to control them, trying to control them. Bring them, Lord, out of that bondage, I pray in Jesus' name. Your word declares, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, and be not entangled again with the bondage of the past. Lord, please set your people free who need to be free today from that religious spirit in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. I hope this has helped you. I really do. And, and I just pray that the Lord will set you free if you are one individual who's been, try, who's been bound to someone who wants to control you. All right. And tomorrow, I'm going to talk about something else that I think is really important. I want to talk about how to recognize demonic activity and cast it out. How to recognize demonic activity and, and be free from it. That's tomorrow. So don't miss tomorrow. I really feel I have to talk about this because I'm hearing so much out there that's going on that is not good to, to know what's going, what, that it's actually happening. All right. It's time to give to the work of the Lord. Listen, I ask you daily, when I'm done teaching, to succeed in the Lord's work because it's his command. It's his word. It's his law. Giving is a privilege. Giving is also God's command. It's throughout the whole Bible. The Lord said, no man will appear before me empty. And our giving is so important because only through giving we receive. Only through sowing seed we reap a harvest. If you're facing a problem today financially, please listen to me. Hear me out. I have faced more troubles in my life and still do to this day financially than maybe you will ever face. Because when we had the big crusades, it was tough. When I was on TV daily, it was tough. And I saw the hand of God move every time I gave. Every time I believed God, the Lord moved mightily and right on time, right on time. Now today, I still have moments like this when I need a financial breakthrough a financial and a financial miracle. There's only one way out of it. It's not through borrowing money. It's not even through praying. It's through sowing. You pray and then you sow. See, pray and then sow. So prayer by itself 
will not do the job. God will, will, will hear you, but give him something to use. Give God something to use. So people sometimes, they pray and they beg and so on, but they don't understand that David prayed for prosperity and then sowed for, for, for prosperity. So yes, we have to pray, but sowing releases the harvest. So God is waiting to answer your prayer. He's just waiting for you to sow a seed that he can work with. We give God something to use and he multiplies it. The Bible says nothing is impossible with God. It doesn't say nothing is impossible to God. Nothing impossible with God. Meanings, meaning that God needs someone to cooperate with him. He needs to work with you. He needs to work through you. So Oral Roberts used to say always, God will not do it without you. You cannot do it without him. But he will not do it without you. We give him always something to use. Even spiritually, we fill our hearts with the word. God uses that word to bless our life. So you can say, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. But if the word isn't in you, he has nothing to use to bless you with. See that? So it's at that point of contact. We give him something to use. Whether his word in, in our hearts or the, the seed we, we sow financially into his hands. And so he said, give, and then I'll give you. Sow, and then you'll reap. So if you, need a, if you need a financial miracle, you have to sow today. And once you do, the harvest will come. And Father, I pray as they sow and believe you for the harvest. The harvest will come on time. Bless them, prosper them, increase them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can give on the, on the platform you're watching me on right now. You can go to our website, benin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777 and watch what God will do with you. Okay, thank you again for being with me, and tomorrow, a very powerful teaching again. Much love. Bye-bye. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades. The Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Han Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all. Isn't it wonderful what the Lord has done? And to Jesus be all the glory. I wanted to show you this beautiful report about the digitizing of thousands and thousands of hours already of the great meetings from the past. Because we want to keep them for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. So we need your help still. So thank you, thank you. I just wanted to show you that your money is doing the job. What you gave in the past is really making it happen. But let's keep doing it for the Lord. Please, this is for His glory. Because now it can go to every nation on earth, in every language on earth, because of your help. All right. You can give right now on the platform. You're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihim.org, 
or you can simply text BHM45777. So thank you for loving, thank you for giving, and let's keep glorifying our wonderful Savior. Much love to you. Thanks again.